Ladies and gentlemen, coming soon, a podcast you've all been waiting for. The Movie Podcast to End All Movie Podcasts. A podcast that discusses and critiques the best of the best and the worst of the worst movies playing at a theater near you. With a host whose opinions have been deemed as fact by your favorite fact checkers. And that's a fact. Without further ado, let me introduce you to the movie maestro, the tyrant of theater, the gumshoe of review, the man that makes theater employees and Hollywood execs shiver by his mere presence. Ladies and gentlemen, the judge, the jury, the sultan of cinema, Justin Hanson. Welcome to the Movie Wire. Welcome to this special episode of The Movie Wire. I'm your host, Justin Henson. On this special episode, we will be giving an early review of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This will be a spoiler-free review, so if you haven't seen the movie, don't worry. There will be no spoilers in this review. Want to hear my verdict? Let's get into it. get into the actual Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness review, let's talk about some movie trailers. One in particular that just premiered right before Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Avatar, The Way of Water. Now, this one is years in the making from the original sequel, and James Cameron didn't want to make it until technology caught up with his vision. And I have to say, what a letdown this trailer was. Now, don't get me wrong, the the visuals look breathtaking there's a lot of scenic it reminded me of watching the trailer to dune so there's a lot of pretty things to look at in this movie it is a teaser trailer so there's really not much to it so i'm gonna hold a ton of judgment from it but this movie does not make me excited to see the next trailer it does not make me excited to watch the movie it's a bad sign when a person in the movie theater multiple people just ended up booing the trailer very let down when people are anticipating a sequel to this movie for this long after the original came out, they should have had a huge spectacle of this trailer. What a letdown. But you know what? Avatar 1 was successful because of its breathtaking visuals. We got that from this trailer, but what a complete boring trailer it was. If you were going to the movies to watch Doctor Strange 2 this weekend, expect to see the premiere of Avatar 2, The Way of the Water. Right. 
sorry, Stephen. Your desecration of reality will not go unpunished. We should tell him the truth. This is a non-spoiler review. No spoilers in this review, so let's get into it. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is now playing at a theater near you. The new, highly anticipated sequel to the original 2016 film starring Benedict Cumberbatch and following the highly well-received Spider-Man No Way Home, this movie had some pretty big shoes to follow. After the emotional roller coaster that he appeared in, and Marvel seems to have gone all in on this one, hiring the ever-so-talented personal favorite of mine, director Sam Raimi, to helm the film. The film, prior to its release, gave me actual goosebumps after seeing Sam Raimi back in the superhero directorial seat. And just looking at the movie poster that has the original Doctor Strange logo, but the Multiverse of Madness logo has more of a Mouth of Madness feel to it. This got me excited on where this film was going to go. If you have not followed the film, the film brings back Dr. Stephen Strange, who opens a doorway to the multiverse, including alternate versions of himself, whose threat to humanity is too great for combined forces of Strange, returning Wong, and Wanda, who we last saw in the Disney Plus exclusive WandaVision. And if you haven't checked that out yet, I recommend doing so. It's a great show. You might want to watch it before watching the film. You don't need to, but it will absolutely enhance your experience with the film and the understanding of the film. The storyline is enough to give Sam Raimi fans something to be excited about. Sam Raimi is not new to the superhero film industry. He did a fantastic job with the first two Spider-Mans, especially the second installment that I still hold to be one of the greatest Spider-Man movies. He also directed 1990s underrated film Darkman. You add the superhero resume to Sam Raimi's horror experience with the 1981's cult classic The Evil Dead and 1987's Evil Dead 2, you have a film that could be something very special given the right material. There is a lot of Raimi's sweet, sweet kisses in this film to throw to the audience for those that are fans of his work. That sadly... I can't give away in this review of some of those examples. If you have studied or been a fan of Raimi, you will smile a lot of the pieces he puts into this. If you're not a fan or studied Raimi, that's okay. He keeps it neutral for the audience to enjoy too. This is both a positive and a negative in this film. You can tell Raimi was held back from this film of his true potential. Raimi was obviously the right choice for this film, 
but it's the material and Marvel's known strict guidelines that could be Raimi's kryptonite in this film. Raimi is known for his big budget picture to bow down towards the studio bigwids calling the shots. Just look at Spider-Man 3. The material is key in a film like this, and it's no secret that Marvel has been mostly brilliant when it comes to its material on growing the Marvel Cinematic Universe and ensuring every film that comes out matters to the next film. With the exception of The Eternals, that we will never speak of again, I will just forget that ever happened on Marvel's timeline. The movie was written by Michael Waldron, whose writing credits include very little, which, what I mean by little, I mean he did one episode of Rick and Morty, and then went on to write Loki for Disney+, and that's about it. This is a lot of faith Disney put in this writer, that has such a talented director attached to it. This is where things must have started to fall apart. This is one thing to have a talented, well-experienced director and talented, well-experienced writer, but when you put a director that's talented and has a lot to his resume and match him with kind of an unexperienced writer, it becomes a recipe of Marvel cinematic disaster. Now, the film isn't a complete disaster. The movie is certainly entertaining. It gives Marvel fans just enough to be satisfied with, but that's about it. If it wasn't for moments put into this film that Marvel is known to make the audience cheer, this film would have been a complete letdown. I was a little baffled that the first movie following Spider-Man No Way Home and what should have been a developing character of Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange went backwards in his character development. And I'm a little confused on the aftermath of Spider-Man. I'm not going to explain why, but I don't know. That'll be for a later episode. I remember watching Doctor Strange's final line in Spider-Man No Way Home and getting emotional, not because of the situation, but because of the emotional impact of Strange's performance he gave us. His performance in this is very saturated and lifeless. I think Cumberbatch had difficulty finding the proper motivation and theme for what he wanted his character to do or go, or how he should be reacting in a film like this. I know he isn't complacent in the big-budget Marvel satire because in the final scene of Spider-Man No Way Home, we get some real emotion from him, and there's a lot of development from that character. I was disappointed with Cumberbatch in this film, it made the character go backwards in his development from all of the five Marvel movies he has done. But this isn't just the fault of his character. It is the material that gives him absolutely nothing to work with. The first half of the film, some of the dialogue just seems generic and overacted, and this is mostly in part by Elizabeth Olsen repraising her role as Wanda. The material, if you listen to it carefully in the first half of the movie, is very basic and cardboard. The acting does recover itself in the second half of the movie, but it still doesn't blow your mind. It's just a tad better. The film does have some a, a nice thrilling pace to it that never feels boring, but does feel completely rushed, especially moments in the film that the fans will look forward to. That filmmaker should have just taken their time and let the audience soak everything in. I think a miss in the film is that it has too much material to cover, and when it never really lets the audience take a break to allow us to digest everything it's throwing at us. This is very important in a film like this, especially with a movie crowded with special effects and in-your-face visual. It tries to shove a lot in your face 
and a lot of information that is hard to process everything and really take it in and enjoy the film. It's fun to see Doctor Strange and different versions of himself, but I would have loved to see more of that. The film's visuals are in top form here, as they should be with a movie like this, and every visual spectacle was eye-pleasing to look at. One scene in particular that involves music to complement the effects and shows Doctor Strange battling with music notes. This is something I have never seen before, and it was something that made me mouth under my breath. That's pretty cool. You can tell they spent more time on the effects here, using the cast to help complement the effects, not the other way around. I mean, it's like when you see a short guy driving a huge monster truck. It's like the movie's overcompensating for something. I recently read an article that said this is going to be the scariest Marvel movie yet, and in fairness, it was. But that's not saying much. None of the other Marvel movies are scary. So it's not really a good comparison. Of course, it's going to anything that throws a little bit of darkness in a Marvel movie is, of course, going to be more scarier than what the original Thor Spider-Man. This movie entertained me, but frustrated me at the same time because it could have been a lot more when the scene starts to crescendo into something that could have been spectacular. It pulls itself back like you can see the president of Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, behind Raimi giving the Nedry from Jurassic Park computer era. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah, ah. You didn't say the magic word. The film could have been so much more as an R-rated film, but I get it. I get why it's not. But at the same time, this is a movie I would have fought for due to the material they were going after. This is a film that should have slowed down pushed the envelope, and did a little more for what they were trying to accomplish. I mean, when we talk multiverse in the Marvel movie, look what we have to compare it to. The last film had all three Spider-Mans in it that made the audience cheer. This, we have multiple Doctor Strange characters that were just one boring Strange after another that we don't care about. They were completely uninteresting, and it didn't blow my mind. The film does succeed on keeping our attention and in no way, again, is a horrible movie. It's a very frustrating movie. Just for what it could have been, the movie will please the audience, most of them. Some of them. I don't know. It's an entertaining two-hour escape, and let's just call this a segue into something better to come from Marvel that I can hope This movie is going to be a box office smash. Um, I will most likely go see it again just to see what I missed. Um, You know what? I'm giving it two and a half stars. It didn't blow my mind, but it was it was okay. It was a fun time at the movies. I'm sure everybody out there is going to check it out. You don't need my permission to go see it. So Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness gets two and a half stars. Hello, everyone. My name is Nick. I'm the host of Nikolai's Kitchen, and I'm also the host of the annual Livestream for the Cure. Livestream for the Cure is a charity event where we raise money with content creators and podcast partners from around the world for the Cancer Research Institute, a wonderful nonprofit researching cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This is a mission and a future that I truly believe in. And myself and my team worked tirelessly over the past five years to raise over $50,000 for this cause. 
This year, we're aiming for our biggest single goal to date of $20,000, and we cannot do it without your help. Please join us for the event May 19th through the 21st, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, for 45 hours of content from people all over the world. Together, we can bring hope for a future immune to cancer. The more eyes we reach, the more dollars we raise. Please help us in making this goal a reality. Together, we can make a difference. That concludes this special edition of the Movie Wire. I hope you enjoyed the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness review. Have a fun time at the movies this weekend. Check it out. Pop me an email with your thoughts on the film. Don't forget to follow us and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I will be releasing a spoiler review next week, and it'll be clearly labeled spoiler. So if you've seen the movie, you want to hear my thoughts on it, check it out next week. And until then, support your local movie theaters, and we'll see you at the movies. A verdict has been made on this episode of The Movie Wire by your host, Justin Hansen. He thanks you for listening to the show. You can follow Justin on Instagram and Twitter at Movie Wire Show or visit his website, www.themoviewire.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you. Until next time, we will see you at the movies.